Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Engaging in Teaching and Learning, a podcast produced by the Virtual Learning Lounge, a network of online resources focused on teaching and learning at Las Cruces Public Schools. Through our interviews with LCPS staff, we want to celebrate what's happening in our district and learn more about how we can support all learners. My name is Jesse Perio, and today I'm co-hosting with Jeanette Covarubia, who will be taking the lead on today's episode. So thank you, Jeanette, for, for hosting today's episode. I appreciate your help today. Absolutely, Jesse. I'm always excited to help co-host these, or in this case, host um, these episodes. And I'm really excited about this one today because of these amazing set of elementary teachers that we have joining us today from across our district to reflect on this 2021 school year. So we know that this year has had many challenges and I know everyone here can agree that what makes us uncomfortable is our biggest opportunity for growth. And I can't wait to hear how teachers persevered, reflected, revised, and just grew throughout this process, um, throughout this unpredictable year. So our guests today are Rebecca Perez, Debbie Mirabal, Jordan Hill, Savannah Swell, Brittany Atbury, and Sydney Bruno. So before we get started with our discussion, can each of you just give us a brief bio of what grade you teach, where you teach at, how long you've taught, and maybe we can have Brittany start us off here. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Brittany. I am a fourth grade teacher at Columbia Elementary School. I actually teach with Rebecca Perez, um, and I've taught for seven years. Great, thank you. Savannah. Um, I'm Savannah, I teach at Hornada. Um, I do special ed for third and fourth grade and it's my first year teaching. So it's been a crazy year. <laughs> Excellent, can't wait to hear from you. Um, Debbie. Hi, I'm Debbie Maribel. I teach at Highland Elementary, second grade and I have been teaching for 23 years. Amazing, Jordan. Hi, I'm Jordan Hill. I teach kindergarten at Hornada Elementary. I've been teaching for about one year. Thank you, Jordan. Rebecca? Hi, my name is Rebecca Perez. Um, this year I'm teaching first and second grade dual language at Columbia Elementary, um, and this is my 11th year. Thank you. Sydney? Hi, uh, my name is Sydney Bruno. I teach fourth grade, and I am the virtual learning teacher for this year. I have been teaching 19 years. And you are at Alameda, correct? I'm sorry, say that one more time. You're at Alameda, correct? Yes, I'm sorry about that, yes. Thank you so much for those introductions. So for all of us here, um, we know that we're back in the building after a couple of months working from home. Um, most of you are face-to-face -face and some of you have continued to teach um, online for those students who have chosen that option. One of the questions we're going to start out with is not necessarily a reflection question, but would love to hear from all of you about some of the activities that you are doing in your classes with your kiddos since you've been back um, or continued to do online with your kiddos. Is there maybe a certain standard you feel needed immediate attention, you know, when the kids got back? Um, so if each of you can just share some of those activities that you've done or that you're really proud of, uh, we'd like to hear about them at this time. We're not gonna necessarily go in any order, so just feel free to jump on in, uh, piggyback off of one another. So whoever would like to go first, it's, it's open. 
I can go first. Um, I've really enjoyed this year. It's made me grow so much as a teacher. And so I've been learning along with my students. So that's cool. Um, but one of the activities that I'm doing right now is I'm hosting Mrs. Bruno's Wacky Week of Science. Um, this last two weeks is going to be hard to get engagement. So um, I've done a lot of things that I'm really proud of my canvas page and things like that, that I made it more accessible throughout the year for kids and families. Um, and that's all I have. Can I share, I, I think it's something that I've done that has really helped for my students. And even when I assimilated all the other students that came into my class is um, getting resources for everyone so that we're on the same level playing field and then taking things to them, to their home, um, through pickups, through drop-offs, and even putting a box outside my house for when they need to pick up stuff that's after hours. And I've done it pretty much every single month. I've done a drop-off or a pickup. That's awesome. You're definitely an accessible teacher then. <laughs> that's yeah. great. I would agree um, definitely with Deborah and Sydney. Very similar things I think we're all doing here at the elementary level. Um, just in our community, since at Columbia, we are so far from our home, um, just making time to, hey, if you can't make it to the building to pick it up, let me meet you somewhere. Um, for those students that stayed online, I had a couple of students that decided to stay online, so I have both groups. Um, just some of the activities that I'm thinking with my kids face-to-face -face have just been having them and like being able to see each other. Um, kind of like a getting to know you all over again that first week that we were all back together and it was interesting because they didn't miss a beat they already knew who I was whether you know now you're not on the computer and you're here in front of me which was really neat so being able to just start instruction was amazing because it was like oh let's just let's just keep doing what we've been doing um and then just like you're saying having that time to still see those virtual kids, I've only probably seen them, you know, at the drive-by monthly, or if I had to go out and meet them at their home, or if they came and meet me in a, at a parking lot, but it was just like, hey, you know, hi, how are you? You know, even through a car window. So that was, that's been really fun. I know one of the things I've done um, to help maintain, because I'm a combo teacher too, um, I have the face-to-face -face and the virtual, to help maintain that community, because they were so good throughout the entire year, like wanting to go to breakout rooms all the time, whether it's for classwork or not classwork after work um, was to have that happen simultaneously while I was teaching so that they didn't lose that connection with each other. So when they're, you know, when they come in at 9 a.m., they're like, oh, hey, Natalie's here. Oh, so-and-so is here. You know, they still felt their classmates being there. Um, and that even included when we're having class conversations, they can still talk to each other. Um, and it may, makes it so much easier when they're in person, um, but they still have that sense of community together. Absolutely. Something fun I did because of course being online and with everything going on with the pandemic, we can't do field trips. Um, and so something recently I just did was I did a virtual field trip to Disneyland. Um, and we put um, like the big castle up on the projector and the kids, I printed them each a ticket to come in and then um, the rides, you can like ride them. Um, on YouTube, they have like videos. Um, so that was, they enjoyed that so much because something they've missed of course is being able to go on field trips and do the fun stuff. So I thought that they would appreciate that. Oh, that cute. sounds super fun. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun, yeah. That and we're growing, growing up flowers. 
right now. Um, and every day when they come in, they want to sprint to the window and how much has my sprout grown? And it's only grown like the tiniest bit more, but they just get so excited. It's so cute. Um, in kindergarten, we have been working on a lot of name games, a lot of that social emotional learning that was harder to do when we were virtual. Um, and it's been so fun because, you know, at age five or six, they haven't been around that many kids before. So we've really been trying to play the games, socially distanced, of course, and it makes them excited to see each other and excited to come to school every day. Yeah, those, all of those activities just sound super fun. Can, can this group share with the audience maybe a strategy or a tool or a resource that maybe you've learned to use this year? Something that you definitely are probably planning to use moving forward um, next year or in the future? I would say definitely just technology. Um, I would think of myself as very technologically savvy before all of this. Um, and then COVID hit and it was like, what are you going to do? You need to figure it out. Um, and then at first it was very overwhelming with all of the different resources that were given to us. And it was just taking the time to go through it and say, what's going to work for me and what's going to work for my kids? What's most accessible for families? Um, it was a big change because I've always been an intermediate teacher and this year I was needed to be a primary teacher. So it was like, wait a minute. You know, I really had to make those connections with parents and say, how are my parents going to be able to support my students? What's best for them? Um, that is something for me that I'm definitely going to continue is, I mean, some of my kids were able to be so successful using technology um, as like their primary source of instruction. And so being able to carry a lot of those resources into next year, some of our kids are just gonna work better that way. And some of them that need those manipulatives and that hands-on, whereas the others are gonna be able to navigate websites and do the interactive worksheets and you know work within Google. And that's gonna just motivate them more and keep them more engaged. Um, so next year, I wanna be able to continue having both formats in the classroom and just that being accessible to families because my, fa my families knew what was going on in the classroom. So they were able to support their students. So that was really nice. And I hope to continue that next year. You know, we agree with that. And Sorry also, go ahead. Sorry, Debbie. Um, no, I just wanted to agree with Rebecca. I can totally relate to you. I went from kindergarten to fifth grade. And so, um, you know, just being able to have that technology available and all of those great resources like Nearpod and um, all the interactive lessons that were with iReady have just been amazing. Um, and it's been nice to have that shift to teach a upper grade level and have them be more independent. Um, but I can totally relate with you on, on that aspect. Go ahead, Debbie, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And I agree with uh, continuing Canvas and even now, like fine tuning my lessons, differentiating them and knowing that. But one thing I really felt that was very essential for me was the Zoom meetings with parents, with families, with kids, and making myself accessible after hours, like for the office hours, because I think sometimes kids are afraid to share during their groups or even small groups, but when it's one-on-one -on -one and they jump in and they see you're alone, they open up so much more and share like even their fears and what they're not really understanding. And I think that I was able to gain a deeper or create a deeper community with my students 
And then with the families, and I think that that's why my students, even though we were virtual, they made a lot of gains, academic gains. And I didn't see quite the loss that I hear from other people saying that the kids just didn't do anything. My kids really, like their test scores showed it. They made gains. Debbie, I definitely agree with you on that point. It's having them back. I'm, I know it's a different situation. Having them back in the classroom, I'm like, wait, you know, hold on. You know, I'm getting to my end of year kind of testing and I'm thinking we are a lot farther than I thought we could have. And being my first year in first grade, I'm like, I got to get these kids reading. You know, I'm like, wait a minute, we are reading. You know, so I know we did. We, I'm going to pat us all on the back. We did a great job this year. <laughs> we did. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of have the same experience. I want to piggyback off that. I don't exactly have the learning loss. I've had a lot of parents, um, you know, bending over backwards to help out any way they can, which has been great. And it is that aspect of getting to know their families and where they come from and all those kinds of things. Um, and being a little bit, I guess, earth conscious and like teaching the kids about that and kind of focusing on it this year. I'm going to try, um, of course, if my students need something different, I will give them something different, but um, I'm really going to try to be paperless next year um, because I just think about all in my teaching career, how many pieces of paper I've thrown away or recycled or whatever. And so, um, you know, and the kids love the technology and it's preparing them for the future much better than we were. I feel much better than we were before the pandemic hit. Great. Yeah, and I was gonna say too, with the technology Nearpod, I've used Nearpod a whole lot with my online kids um, and they love it because they have the lessons and everything, but then there's the time to climb games. Um, and they love doing that because it's like the little competition and they see their little character running up um, against each other. So uh, that competitive aspect is really nice too. Um, so I use Nearpod uh, with my online students a lot. Yeah, and I like Nearpod because I felt, and I'm sure we were all like this in the very beginning, um, I felt I was doing a whole lot of talking. And I couldn't see what they were doing on their side, you know, because they'd say, write it in your notebook, or that would be my thing, right? And I was like, I don't know if they're actually doing that. Like, I assume they are, presuming positive intentions and whatnot. But um, when Nearpod came out, and I was like, oh, something like, I felt like I had a tool in which... I didn't have to talk all the time. They got to interact with each other in so many different ways with that piece of technology, whether it's the collaboration boards or the games, the matching. And it just made everything feel so much more seamless when we went into a lesson. Um, and then on top of that, when I was creating those Nearpods, it made me self-reflect on what was the essential things I needed them to know in this lesson because I didn't have a whole lot of time. Um, so it just made me hone in on how I was gonna teach it and what information was best needed for them. Definitely. I think that online really made us all just look for strategies that we already were using, but now we're fully online. And so like for us, we found an online calendar that we would do every day with the kids. And now that we're in person, we're letting them lead. So one student every day gets to lead it. And so it gives them an opportunity to be in front of all their peers, which they couldn't do all year. And also they know it, they know how to do it because we did it with them online. So it's just sort of bridging the gap between what we were doing online fully and what we're doing in person, um, because this is my kids first time really being in school at all so but it's been good 
Jordan, do you have a, a recommendation? What were you using for your online calendar? Maybe I could include it in our show notes. Yeah, it's called starfall.com and we use the pre-K kindergarten version. Awesome, thank you. You're welcome. You know, I had another resource that um, was valuable this year. I'm on Twitter, like a lot. Um, and I'm on like a lot of PLNs and groups. And I was able to, I was adding it up the other day and I am talking about in the thousands of dollars worth of resources that I have at home to help me teach and resources that I've given students. I have, I actually acquired iPads and Chromebooks for my students that I gave them that they were able to keep, that they don't have to take back to school. They are theirs, supplies, t-shirts, um, 3D printer, I mean, Kind of stuff. I even got money from Kim Kardashian West, $500, um, like all kinds of crazy things that I wouldn't have reached out to this community if I didn't have that need to supply my students that level playing field. Like they all have whiteboards, they all have everything they need so that we're able to do the same thing when we're online. So I thought that's something I'm going to continue is my resource, not just that I would ask my friends when I was overwhelmed at the beginning with cannabis and I wanted to like quit. After 23 years, I, I remember crying and telling my husband, I'm too old for this. I'm, I'm going to retire early. I'm done. And then he's like, you're better than that. Like, dig deep. So I was like, okay, what can I do? So I like bent it on my Twitter and then my community just showed up and said, hey, try this. And I started reaching out to colleagues, not just locally, but like across the nation. And then now I feel like, gosh, I'm so good at this. But you know, it was that that paradigm shift for me. It was like from, I was overwhelmed being an older teacher to like, you know, the younger ones who grew up with technology. I was like, I can't do this. And now I, I feel like, hey, if I could overcome it, then any of my students can overcome it. And I want to piggyback off that for just a second, because um, I know the kids are like really into TikTok and I've even made some TikToks myself. I've ventured out there, um, but they have an amazing teacher following. And I have learned a lot from them this year. Like, um, so I don't feel like my scrolling through TikTok is totally meaningless, you know, but um, it's great. And there's tons of resources out there and Chrome extensions. And, you know, um, I felt kind of like Debbie, um, you know, I've been teaching 20, 19 years, almost 20. And um, things have definitely made a couple shifts in my career. Uh, and so this was definitely a new one, but one I was excited to learn about because of the need for the kids. And isn't it crazy? Like, I think back, same thing with the groups, like how quickly the community came together at the moment this hit, like Facebook groups popped up, Instagram groups, all types of people putting things out there like, hey, check this out, or hey, how here's how you do it. And there'd be questions I didn't even know I had until I did it. And then I'd be texting a friend and I'm like, did you hear about this? Did you know about this? Like, and it just, and I didn't even have to do it. People were just 
pouring out all that information for you because they were in the exact same boat we were uh, and they were just sharing what they knew and it was great as an educator. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, the way the community just came together, I I was all over those Bitmoji craze pages on Facebook, you know, to be able to create my online backgrounds and um, just make them super cute and animated. But I mean, how many of us felt like first year teachers? And I think we all did, no matter if we had 20 some years experience or this was our first year, we were all in on the same page. It was unexplored territory. Um, you know, and one thing I, I wanted to ask each one of you um, is what is one good thing that stands out in your mind that came out of this year? And it could be from a teacher perspective, a student, or, or even a family perspective. What is one good thing that you've heard or feel that has, that has come out this year that is a good thing? I think just community and like classroom culture. Um, we always talk about building that at the beginning of the year and throughout the year with our students, but it was crucial to making it th through all of this. Um, and I was super, super proud of my kids and all my families um, and also myself. And I don't know if everybody has seen those teacher memes where it's like, you're calling the parent on the phone and you're like, don't answer, please don't answer. <laughs> but you put me in front of you know 30 kids and I'm good to go. You know, so I really had to step out of some of my comfort, you know, zones and say, hey, I'm going to have to do a lot of talking and communicating in a different way. You know, I can't expect the binder to get home to parents and parents get the note. It's going to look very different. Um, so just myself, I was like, I, I'm not scared to call a parent. I'm not scared to, you know, make those difficult phone calls anymore that, you know, just stress you out or you're thinking, oh, I got to go do this. It's like, hey, let me just jump on the phone and do it right away. And that communication is just amazing. So I'm really hoping that next year I can carry that over to keep that communication because I saw the benefit for my students. And then even as a parent, having communication with my child's teacher, I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is amazing. So I was able to see it from the you know parent perspective as well. Um, so just keeping those doors open and just parents seeing what a crucial role they have in their child's education so we can continue that because our parents have been so amazing in just their support and everything that our kiddos need. And my parents are there. I can call them or text them and um, being available. I mean, sometimes we have to be available at 7 p.m. because that's whenever I can have a conversation with a parent and my family being understanding of, okay, you know what, you have to take this phone call or, you know, take five minutes to do this and that's okay. So it just a different, a different kind of, of community, just that community expanding out of the classroom and into like our students and their homes and their families. So well, that parent engagement piece that sometimes feels like it's really missing um, from the classroom. Um, one thing that I will take away from this experience was making my kids more accountable for their own learning um, and seeing where they took that. I mean, like I had two students like plan an entire thing to teach everybody, you know, and then some kids weren't that comfortable, but they'd say, Ms. Bruno, could we try this? You know, and so it was them coming and they also liked it when they got to help me with computer skills and things like that. So that was cool. Um, but just that whole uh, accountable for their own learning 
and wanting to know where they are and how they're performing. And I completely agree with that. I think making students where, well, not even making, where they were created to be an intrinsic learner and it's from them and their desire to keep learning and even to teach other students. Like I had co-hosts, just in case I got kicked out, students can let me back in. But, you know, we got, had new students come in our class and I would see my students chat to the new students pay attention, the teacher is talking, and when she's speaking, everything's worth listening to. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wanted like to start crying at that moment. But I was just like, oh, thumbs up to my chatters. But you know, it was like those things that where you see, they know it's valuable, that their learning is valuable, and they want to share that with other students that, hey, let's stay engaged. We are, this is worth every moment we're on. And I think that was my my proudest achievement is that the students cared about their learning and the families. I think for me, being a first year teacher, it was a little like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What's going on? Because now we're online, we're not in the building, we have all these new um, apps, all this new stuff we're playing around with. And but for me, I think it was just to try everything with the kids, like everything, because. At first, it was hard getting engagement. I had kids who would turn their cameras off. I had kids who just wouldn't participate. So I finally was like, okay, I need to think outside of the box. And so we were doing like a character trait lesson. And so I told the kids, okay, come to school on Friday or to Zoom on Friday, um, dressed as a different personality, like make up whoever you want, be whoever you want. Um, and then we were going to talk about the traits of that person to learn about traits. And I wore this like bright pink wig and all pink. And I talked in a Texas accent and I called myself uh, Miss Pinky and they loved it. Oh my gosh, they, they loved it. And so then on every Friday, I would show up as a different character. Um, I was coach Steve one day when they had a test and I was like, you guys can do this. And I wore, I even mascara a mustache on like, you just, you have to try everything. And, and once I started doing that, the kids would always participate and it just, it helped so much. Um, that in my TikTok challenges, um, if they did all their homework in their general ed class for the week, I would do a TikTok challenge that they would give me over the weekend. And then I would show it to them on Monday. Um, I think I, I, my mom pied my face one time. My dad dumped a bucket of cold water on me. So you just, you have to think outside the box um, with this type of circumstance. So I think that's it. I would definitely say that TikTok played a huge role in our class this year as well, even with the little ones. Um, just some of the silly sayings and songs we walk in the room and I mean, they're still doing it today. <laughs> so it was another another connection that we were able to make with, with those kiddos to kind of just keep them, keep them with us. Based off of Savannah, like trying everything. And I, I thought I was good at adapting before. Um, but those first couple months I was like, I was, I thought I was good at adapting, but I'm pretty much of a rule follower. And I had to literally toss that out the window because if it wasn't best for my kiddos I couldn't keep doing it and so I had to learn very quickly like if it didn't work move on to something else try every single thing I did and adapt because if at the end of the day if and I knew and we all know at the end of the zoom session we're like they didn't get it I didn't have engagement or it went terrible I don't know if I got my point across I had to continue every single day and say, what am I gonna change for tomorrow? How am I going to make this work? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I had to make it work for them because they're who I'm here for. Um, and so 
like Savannah, I did all types of things. Not quite the pie in the face. I recommend you on that, but you know, I, I think we all did great jobs of just doing whatever we needed to do and adapting very quickly on the spot. Definitely. And I think this year has given me and my students just such a deep appreciation for each other. It was in a lot of ways, especially when it all first happened, it was lonely. And so now that we were able to really foster a community online, and then now we've gotten to see that community go into our real classroom. I, we're just so happy to see each other and you can see it in the kids. They're so happy to be together. They're so happy to see just the random people in the hallways. They're so just happy to be with each other. And I think that's something that hopefully they'll carry through their entire academic career. Yeah, that it, love it, of learning piece, just. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like there was just so many great things that came out of this crazy, unpredictable roller coaster kind of a year. So it's really great and inspiring to hear all of those good things that, that have come out of it. A closing question that I'd like to ask as we wrap things up is what would you do differently if you had to redo this year? Not stress as much at the beginning. I think I'd agree with that. Not put so much pressure on myself. Like, oh my gosh, you have to do this, this, and this, and just kind of take a minute to breathe. Like, okay, everyone else is going through the same thing you're going through. It's going to be okay. Stop stressing. Like, cause I think that was my, my biggest thing was I'd stress myself out and then get overwhelmed. Um, so yeah, I would agree with that. I think not letting the focus be on what the students aren't getting mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. what we're missing out on and pay attention more to how can we grow from this? How, what community, cause like, I mean, Rebecca, many of you said the community we got out of this, um, whether it was from a professional level or family standpoint, you know, in Las Cruces, like it, there was some really good things that came out of this and we can't always focus on the negative. Exactly. I think I felt, especially at the beginning, like, oh my gosh, there's so much to teach them. We have so little time with them, but really what the days that they were most engaged were the days that they had the most time connecting with each other, the most time playing, the most time doing the things that it didn't always feel like we're hitting every standard today, but that's when they got the most out of it. And that's what I think they'll remember and what really made the most difference. I would have, go ahead. Uh, I would definitely agree with that. It's, I, I guess I would agree with Brittany saying that I can be a rule follower. So if it says that this is the standard and this is what I'm supposed to teach this week and then in this we're supposed to do that. That's what I got very stuck in was like, oh my gosh, we have so much to cover. But then taking a step back and saying, what is most important? What is gonna be the most important thing that my kids need to learn from this lesson or within this week? Because we could we could do go on and on, but um, just kind of looking for the, I guess, biggest bang for your buck. But not only that, just what do they actually, what do they need? What do they need to be successful? Um, and not worrying about all the little things. Yeah, and I would have started with more project-based stuff because my kids have really like taken off and I can address a ton of standards in one project. Um, but I think that I was trying to make it, I guess, harder than it needed to be. And so watching them really blossom and find this love of learning um, was awesome. I mean, I, I, I would not 
take it back for anything. Yeah, I think one common theme that I'm really hearing here is to not let, let perfect get in the way of good. Um, Cause I know even myself, I'm a perfectionist and I struggled with letting perfect get in my way. And so I'm really glad that you guys persevered through that. And, and I really wanna just thank you all for your participation today. We greatly appreciate all of your hard work, your ideas, your positive reactions and reflections that you've shared with us today. Um, and really good luck with all of the end of the year stuff that as we're wrapping up, editing final grades and testing. Um, but at this point, does anybody have any last words before we close out the discussion? Thank you. And I, I just want to chime in. So for, for those of you listening to today's show, and, and I, I'm thinking we're going to get a lot of listeners because these episodes on reflecting on this year um, have been awesome, like with the teachers reflecting. And I just, if you're listening to this show today, please like take the wise words of this awesome group of teachers. Like they had so much to share, you know, not stressing over, you know, reaching a certain standard, you know, this year has taught us so much for, so if you're listening to this show, like please heed the advice of these amazing teachers because they nailed it. I, I honestly believe that. <clears throat> and those of you so for those of you joining us today we want to thank you um and and listeners we want to thank you for joining us we look forward to listener feedback on today's show you can follow us at bl 2 lcps on twitter facebook and instagram um, and on those social media platforms you can share um, feedback on today's episode give us ideas for future episodes and you can also email us at bl2 at lcps.net. And again, you can um, share feedback and offer ideas for future episodes there as well. Thank you so much for listening in today, and we will see you next time. Mm -hmm.